Hi, and welcome to the I Meet Hotel podcast with industry updates, expert guests, and musings on what the future of travel and hospitality might look like. Every week, we'll bring you a new topic we find interesting through our work in this business with your host, Kristen Lipinski. We also want to hear from you. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on one of our next episodes, email us at info at imeethotel.com or find us on LinkedIn at imeethotel. Welcome to I Meet Hotel, the podcast. I'm your host, Christian Lipinski. Now, before we get started in today's episode, I just wanted to take the time and say happy holidays. I know it's been a pretty interesting year to say the least, so I hope you're good, and I hope next year uh, you have a lot to look forward to as we do here at I Meet Hotel, including our next event, I Meet Hotels Recruit and Retainment, January 20th. So go register for that today. Uh, it's available on the website. My guest today is Mallory Vinch. She's the account executive at Oki. Uh, Mallory, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm doing good. How about you? Fantastic. And I've been looking forward to this podcast. I know uh, I've worked with Oki in the past and uh, been pretty close back and forth with all the things that you guys do there. So really exciting to have you on the show. Uh, so I guess we should start off with firstly, maybe you can tell our listeners a bit about yourself why you love working in the hospitality tax sector and how you got in the industry in the first place. Sure, I'll be delighted to. Um, I've been working for Oki at our head office in beautiful Amsterdam for about two years now. For the ones that don't know Oki yet, we're an upselling platform which helps hotels maximize profit and enhance their guest experience. I uh, started off there as an SDR and presently I'm a sales manager for the DAC markets meaning I'm responsible for Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I get into hospitality? Well, I was kind of born into a hospitality family. So you can basically say hospitality runs in my blood. Uh, I have a now retired father that worked in the hotel business all his life um, and was in management across the world. My mother, she worked in hotel operations for years and became a professor of hospitality management, which she still is as well. So it came kind of naturally that I also went into hospitality as well. Uh, I started working um, operations for big hotel brands like Hilton, Steigenberger and Kimpton Hotels. And then I went to university to do my degree in the field as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now I'm on the tech side of everything and I'm absolutely loving it so far. Uh, it's really have been, has been a great experience and uh, it really allows me to combine my practical knowledge together with innovation and technology. Mm-hmm. And that way I can do what I enjoy most, helping guests have an uh, unforgettable experience mm-hmm. when they travel or when they book a hotel, for example. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, I followed Oki uh, quite a bit. You guys got some upselling courses on there um, and all the content you guys make is pretty awesome. And I know Oki is really interested in how and why we make decisions every day uh, as buyers. You know, from your perspective, what makes us choose one product over another or one hotel over another, uh, in fact? Uh, Well, you know, it really has to do with how we make decisions as individual human beings. So the field of behavioral science actually Mm -hmm. has helped us understand and explain how, when, and why people choose one product over another or one hotel over another. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting here is that um, according to neuroscientists, uh, an average adult makes over 35,000 different decisions every single day from what to eat or what to wear 
who to spend our time with, what to believe and so on and so on. So, you know, um, during the day we process so much information um, and our active brain is not really able to process that much information. And it's the reason why we often turn to our unconscious brain. And these unconscious shortcuts are extremely fascinating because they make us very irrational, but also very predictable in our decision making. And um, most of us, I mean, all of us know that a guest goes through multiple decision making processes mm -hmm. throughout the full guest journey. So by understanding these different processes, I, I do believe that hotels will really be able to read the minds of their guests better and they can also design their strategies accordingly to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, that is also very interesting on uh, especially 30,000 decisions uh, a day. I mean, maybe maybe not on Sunday for me, uh, especially last <laughs> night watching uh, the last uh, Grand Prix, uh, F1 Grand Prix. So congrats to Max. I know you're a Dutch company, so I'm sure everybody's exactly. going. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody's going a little crazy there today. Uh, as the, the, the final Grand Prix for our listeners was yesterday in Abu Dhabi. So uh, Max Verstappen went. So we're a Dutch company uh, as well. So needless to say, our WhatsApp feeds were being blown up last night with Max one. Uh, <laughs> so following on to that, um, you know, you mentioned some things about unconscious brain and the psychology, um, you know, as a key part, uh, in your opinion, to the sales process in the hotel industry, if hotelers take the time to understand what motivates their guest decisions, will it be better to equip those guest needs? Uh, I think it's a win-win situation, uh, but I guess it's trying to break that down and, and how that would work. Yeah, like, like you said, it is really necessary to understand a little bit of psychology. Other than personal and social factors, we do know that psychological factors really play a vital role in um, decisions of human beings as well. Mm -hmm. um, for us at Oki, these psychological factors are extremely intriguing. Um, these factors include, for example, perception. So the way that people build up a view towards a particular service or product. Then there is motivation. So what really encourages the consumer to, to take a particular course of action. Mm -hmm. um, then there's ability and knowledge, um, whether or not you have used the product before um, or what do you know about it. And then there is the, the, the conscious thought process, consumers' emotional attachment and their, um, their planned course of behavior as well. Mm -hmm. um, customers' attitudes to products can be extremely complex. Um, they vary according to whether the attitude is positive, negative, neutral. I think that's something we, we, we all can find ourselves in as well. Mm -hmm. so, so yes, if the hotelier really takes the time to understand what motivates their guest decision, it can definitely be a win-win solution for all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this is um, where we can get into Oki a little bit. Um, maybe you can tell me a bit more about Oki um, as, of course, you guys specialize in upselling. Um, so maybe to start off, maybe you can tell me a bit more about Oki, uh, its conception, um, and then maybe we can get into why is selling, upselling an important revenue driver strategy for hotels, uh, especially right now, and how they can harness the power of upselling to give their guests an awesome experience at the same time. Um, well, well, you know, COVID-19 has really, really forced um, our industry, or especially hotels, to rethink their strategy and and to find new and different ways to drive revenue, especially in these uncertain times. So um, looking back at the summer of 2021, there, there were actually a few regions that did quite well. Other regions had a lot of lockdowns and restrictions. 
Um, but even with the demand having picked up in some regions, mm. occupancy is probably most likely to remain lower than pre-COVID for, for many more months to come. Um, but yeah, with all of that negative part of COVID, it's, it, it isn't that bad at all. Um, it is indeed a very hard time, but there are still at least um, very many ways in which hotels can make the very most of every booking no matter the level of demand. Mm -hmm. So so how could you start, or how could you as a hotel start maximizing your revenue and your guest experience? Um, I would say drive ancillary revenue for sure. Mm -hmm. um, this is, or this has been more important today than ever before. And, and the really good thing about this is that hotels do not really need to invest heavily in creating new and exciting services or facilities if they don't really have the budget for it right now. Instead, they should maybe look a little bit more critical into what they already have and find new ways to promote it. So, so you could think of, for example, pushing classic services, um, finding new ways to generate revenue from your unique selling points, and also adapting new trends. I mean, now with COVID, um, working from home, working remotely has been a new thing. So there are many people coming in for extended stays to work remotely. So really capturing those trends as well. Right. Um, in general, you know, upselling and cross-selling are very two powerful ways to accomplish this, especially when your occupancy is low. And, and the best news is that you, you don't really need to do the, you can do this regardless of how many bookings you have. Mm. And of course, I, I understand that, that each property's upselling and cross-selling potential varies. But, you know, in, in, in this time where every cent really counts, it's definitely um, worth a shot. And like you said, this is exactly where what we at Okidu comes into place. Um, with automated upselling, hotels can really make their processes as smooth as possible. Mm -hmm. um, automation can help them give their guests a good experience, while of course boosting the conversion, because that's of course what we hoteliers want as well. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong, in, in person upselling during the check-in yields great results for many, many properties. Um, however, it shouldn't really be hotels only approach since it can often limit how many and what services you can, you can pitch. Um, I, I do think that hotels can achieve the real best results when, when upselling throughout the full, full variety of channels. So that means including upselling at the front desk, in pre-arrival pre emails, um, and direct messaging in-house guests as well. So if you make sure that you can cre create a unique offer, an experience or an experience at your hotel, um, that will definitely be rewarded in, in increased revenue and happy guests. Mm -hmm. And to answer the last part of your question of um, how can they really harness the power of upselling, um, well, there are three nice examples. Um, first of all, use attribute-based selling, just to maybe explain that term a little bit more. Yeah, great. Um, it basically um, talks about using the attributes the hotel really has. So if you look at the rooms, as the rooms department, um, using attributes like, for example, the view. Does your room have a view over the park, over the city, over the ocean? Um, the size of the room. The location of the room, is it a corner room? Is it a top floor room? Is it a beachfront room? But also um, in terms of furnishing, like a lot of hotels, they have used this time to refurbish some parts of their hotels 
So let's say you have a newly equipped room with a beautiful bathtub. These are all great attributes that you can use. And this really creates more flexibility in how you use your inventory. Mm-hmm. And it also opens new possibilities to drive revenue from rooms that are normally all combined into one single category. Okay. And also it's, it's really helpful for guests as well because you give the guests the opportunity to really choose which attribute they think is valuable to their stay as well. Um, A second example would be creating an unforgettable local experience. I mean, if we're new to a city or new to a country and we visit it for the first time, we often turn to the hotel staff to ask about some local experiences. So a hotel at that stage can really nicely take the role of kind of like a local guide and try to help them do this. You could feature local experiences, culinary courses, tastings, day trips, basically anything interesting you have to tell them about your area. And um, another great example would maybe be to, to, to put together high value packages. So you could boost your deals perceived value and and the price you can charge by creating packages with several deals. So a simple early check-in can can come nicely with a breakfast or a romantic dinner can be served in the dining room of an available suite, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there is a normal airport pickup uh, could also nicely be upgraded to a limousine pickup. And Yeah, there are many more ideas, but that would probably be three great ones that you should use, definitely. No, they all sound good to me. And, uh, you know, when I go traveling, those are the next ones I'm going to be looking for. Um, you know, and I think it's important. I think what, what you're saying, there's there's a lot of weight to it uh, in upselling and being able to build this other source of revenue uh, through your customers. I mean, right now, uh, as far as, you know, I've spoken to other hoteliers and other people in the travel and tourism industry. Uh, and the the trend now is people are traveling less frequently, but for a longer time. Mm-hmm. So they're going to combine a business trip with a you know a leisure trip uh, instead yeah. of you know flying every other weekend to go somewhere. So um, I think that's an excellent opportunity to be able to drive that extra revenue uh, through those upselling. Uh, strategies. I wanted. I got a couple more questions for you. So another thing that I see that you guys do at Oki is upselling courses. I know you're an upselling uh, tech software, uh, but then also you are doing content and courses, which I think are really really cool. And I know uh, I've seen them before. As Eric, your founder, was on our I Meet Hotel a few uh, months ago, and he had a lot of really interesting things, uh, including about the upselling courses. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that and that's conception. Definitely, yeah. Like you said, we have definitely used the time for, through COVID to invest in how we can give back to the hospitality industry and share our knowledge and abilities. So we came up with this really cool course um, where we basically talk about just a brief introduction into what upselling really is. We um, discuss the most important KPIs for hotels in 2021 as well. Um, we discuss about a little bit about the do's and don'ts. So let's say good versus bad upselling. Um, we give you a few insights into the guest perspective as well. Um, furthermore, we give a lot of examples on hotel benefits as well from upselling. We talk a little bit about total revenue management so that there's a greater understanding in that as well. And last but not least, some simple tips and tricks from us to you guys and how to become upselling rock stars. 
there's there's you know another question I want to give to you. Thinking outside the box for for our last question, you know, as we're talking about psychology and the unconscious brain, um, maybe you can give us some other examples from different industries where selling to the unconscious brain is used and how hotels can use this in upselling. Uh, well, you know, as we had mentioned earlier, what is what is very interesting is what happens when we start to automate our decisions. Um, especially with our unconscious mind. And there, there are multiple examples, like you said, from different industries that can really help us as well. And what I, what I think can very nicely be adapted to the hotel industry as well. Mm-hmm. So, so looking at some bias, uh, for example, the first one would be decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is, is the idea that after making many decisions, a person's ability uh, to make additional deci- decisions um, becomes worse. Mm-hmm. So, so what it means, repetitive decision-making tasks tend to drain people's mental resources. Therefore, they often just tend to take the the easiest choice. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a lot of researchers have done um, some studies into this, and there was one example that really, really surprised me um, in terms of parole decisions, so made by experienced judges, and that revealed that the chances of prisoners being granted parole depended on the time of the day the judges heard the case. Um, what's interesting there is 65% of cases were granted parole in the morning and they fell dramatically within each decision session over the next few hours. Oh, and then after lunch, they went back up to 65%. So this is really a great example of making sure how you can ask difficult yeah. questions or difficult decisions at the right time. So now if, let's think of this in terms of upselling. Um, well, we at Yooki have been analyzing thousands of different emails to find out what's really the best time to upsell. And believe it or not, the, the correlation is almost exact. Upselling in the early morning or after lunch definitely mm-hmm. is the best time. Um, and there's another example, choice overload. Mm-hmm. Choice overload um, occurs as a result of too many choices being available to customers. So there is another interesting study um, talking about jam mm-hmm. that um, it's 10 times more likely to purchase jam if there's only way fewer amounts. So let's mm-hmm. say only six different jams instead of 24. So, so what's interesting here is that less choice means more sales and more choice means fewer sales. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we also saw back in upselling. We, we, we analyzed thousands of hotels to see um, how many deals hotels should really sell to maximize conversion. Mm-hmm. And the number is around 10 to 12. So having only two, three deals doesn't really um, turn out into a high conversion. Having too many deals, so you don't want to bombard your guests yeah. with too many deals either. Another great example is actually one of my favorites, the decoy effect. Um, in simple words is when there are only two options, people tend to make decisions according to their personal preferences. Mm-hmm. But when they're offered another strategical decoy option, um, they'll be more likely to choose the more expensive of the two original options. So a great example is actually from the cinema industry, um, where you would often see a small bucket of popcorn, let's say, offered for $3 and a large one offered for $7. Most of them would probably choose the, the smaller bucket due to their personal needs at that time. Mm-hmm. But when there is another decoy option in between that, let's say a medium bucket for $6.50, most customers would choose the larger bucket as they would 
perceive it as like a higher value for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also something that you could definitely use in upselling as well. So let's take a restaurant. Um, you want to sell an expensive dinner. So you can put that key product next to an even more expensive dinner and then you add a decoy. So mm-hmm. you make the expensive dinner a little bit um, nicer. Um, you maybe add a view to it, you maybe add a glass of champagne to it. Um, so you just really need to make sure that you right. show the customer um, the value of that more expensive product to it. It's super, uh, yeah, super interesting stuff. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you keep going. It's, uh, yeah, it's really, yeah, really cool stuff. Like two, well, there's so many more, yeah. but there's just two that I wanted to really share with you. Then there's a there's another one um, talking about scarcity. Well, you know, uh, the scarcity really talks about the more difficult it is to acquire an item, mm. the more value it has. I mean, we all love what we can't have. Um <laughs> If we look back at uh, typical days like Black Friday, where where people just start bargaining on hot items and yeah. and they really turn into it turns into a full competition, or even oh, yeah. uh, in COVID times here in the Netherlands, when when even toilet paper was a very scarce product, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, paper and, crisis and, of twenty twenty. I remember that exactly, exactly. And what we do with this at Oki is. Um, we like to um, pull room availability, mm-hmm. just like many big booking sites um, from their from their property management systems, for example. And if you then, um, with your room functionality, say you only have two rooms left, um, you kind of so these are like just little tweaks you can mm-hmm. do to to maximize conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, other ideas would, for example, be to to apply it into services and say that there's just a limited edition or a unique yeah. unique product or just the last unit. Those are also nice ways. Um, last but not least, one example um, talking about zero price effect. So zero price effect when that basically means when an item um, is priced at exactly zero, mm-hmm. it will not be perceived to have a lower cost but it will also be attributed greater perceived value when when people offered something for free i know here in the netherlands um things offered for free is is very nice it really tends to get a lot of positive reactions to that um this is something that you could definitely use in upselling we have this really smart hotel here in amsterdam one of our clients they offer, for example, bitterballen. Bitterballen is like this traditional Dutch little snack that's served warm. But I mean, a warm snack definitely needs to go with like a nice cold beer or a nice glass of wine. So offering this item for free, um, you automatically drive more revenue in, in your other outlets as well as the guest definitely needs a nice beer to go with it. Right. And there are multiple other ways to do that. You could also... Um, just have them book a table for free. Um, it doesn't really necessarily drive more revenue, but at least it also helps you to 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 see how many staff how many staff you really need for that evening in your restaurant as well. Um, other great examples are, for example, offering um, a subscription to your loyalty program for f- and like, offering a free drink with it. Mm-hmm. So you know those those are just a few examples of the many examples how you can use upsell to the unconscious brain. Um, but I do think we, we can take advantage from it. 
Absolutely. And I think it's super interesting what you guys are doing. Uh, I've seen a few of your reports as, as well. You guys put a lot of energy uh, into the work you're doing. So I do recommend anybody uh, out there that are interested in upselling, checking it out. So, uh, Mallory, I just have uh, one final question before we wrap up. This is one I got to say, it's a super, super interesting podcast. There's so many uh, bits of information. I think we can go on for uh, many, many more minutes about it. Um, but for anybody that's interested in Oki, they want to learn more about upselling. Where should they go? What should they do? Well, they can definitely feel free to reach out to me um, directly. Uh, I would also invite them to, to visit our brand new website, oki.com, or send me an email, Mallory, at oki.com as well. <laughs> Perfect. So go check out oki.com. Mallory, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Cool. I think we'll wrap it up here for today. So to all our listeners, thank you for joining. We have another great episode planned for you. So watch this space. Remember to stay up to date with all our events by signing up to the I Meet Hotel mailing list and visiting us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Or hey, you can go old school. Email us at info at imeethotel.com. So today we talked, we questioned, we learned, and most importantly, we hope we gave you something to think about. Also, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, we've got a podcast team that's eager to dive into some weird and interesting research topics. So get in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you want to know about hospitality. The I Meet Hotel podcast is a production from I Meet Hotel and Bidroom, the first subscription-based online travel community. Visit bidroom.com to learn more.